man, woman, everybody. Jack Smith responds to Trump's death threats. To try to hold him and his cronies to justice. Trump went too far, and now Jack Smith is in overdrive. Many people are bound to see parallels between Nixon and Trump. If the January 6th committee does send a criminal referral to the Justice Department, but is that a neat parallel? It isn't a neat parallel, but let me start by saying your introduction was a great opening statement for the case against Donald Trump. Great you could news, be a trial lawyer. Really um, <laughs> I, I think that what is happening here, unlike in Watergate, where we sent a referral to Congress saying here are some impeachable offenses, this would be the reverse. It has no legal consequences because the Department of Justice okay. will act on the basis of the facts yeah. and the law, and they will not be persuaded by any referral in particular, but it will draw their attention to the public interest in the case. And I think the difference between the case against Nixon and the case against Trump is that the case against Trump actually involves trying to take down the government, trying to undo the vote of the people, trying to undo the results of a free and fair election. Nixon. Oops. Oh, shit. Nixon misused his power. He tried to abuse the Department of Justice. He definitely obstructed justice. All of those are crimes that Trump has done as well, but he did much more. And I think the case, I'm one of the people who's strongest on saying that there is proof of insurrection. Not only has a judge found that his words led to the violence, not only has another judge said it is more likely than not that he committed a felony along with John Eastman in connection with the fake electors, uh, and then the pressure on Pence. Mm -hmm. All of those are much worse than anything that happened in Watergate. Yeah. For Joe. The January 6th committee, if they do vote on referrals and send them to the Justice Department, they won't have any legal weight on the Justice Department. But at the same time, the Justice Department is undergoing its own investigation that will have some legal weight. So what impact, from your perspective, would criminal referrals from the January 6th committee have on what the Justice Department is already doing? Well, as uh, usual, Jill has said it so well. There's two different investigations going on, one in Congress by the House. That's going to wrap up, it looks like, this week with the final report and the question of referrals. And the other is what the Justice Department, and in particular, the special counsel, Jack Smith, is doing. And this referral vote tomorrow is looks like it's Jack going Smith to say that Donald Trump should be criminally prosecuted by Jack Smith. I suspect that Jack Smith will read that rough referral. It might give him a little bit of boost, but I think that Jill's absolutely right that uh, Smith is going to do what he's going to do. I do think that there's a looming kind of deep question here Super about Smith. this, though, because Smith is investigating two things. He's investigating Mar-a-Lago and the documents that Trump stole from the American people, and he's investigating Trump's role in January 6th. Uh, with respect to January 6th, that's a really complicated investigation. Huh. There's a lot of facts that probably haven't been uncovered because Trump and his allies have been obstructionist and, you know, claiming privilege and so on. But Smith has to realize Refusing that to the House deposed. is going to switch control in January. And 
the, what that means is that the House not just will terminate the House investigation, they may start messing with the Justice Department investigation. They might yeah. try to immunize witnesses uh, or things like that. And so Jack Smith's clock is ticking in a way that I think folks haven't really fully realized. Uh, and what I think that will mean is that at least with respect to Mar-a-Lago, there'll be a quicker decision on this, um, perhaps by the end of the year, because uh, of this concern of the House messing with criminal Justice Department investigations, something, honestly, Jonathan, I never thought a sentence I would ever say wow. the House of Representatives doing that. But this Republican Party has become a party of trying to hide the truth about what happened. And so it wouldn't be surprising if they started taking those steps. The Justice Department has to be worried about it. There you go. I think it's the detail that accompanies the referrals themselves and the report that will give a roadmap for DOJ. DOJ has been kind of late to this party, um, and they're playing catch up. But that detail could be very helpful to them, and will put a lot of pressure on them as well. Yeah, I want to talk a little bit more about that because you've got Jack Smith, the special counsel. He's already off. Uh, running with this probe, right? We know that. We're hearing that there could be additional charges proposed by the committee. Could these referrals jam up the DOJ's work at this point? Does it politicize the DOJ's work, creating a perception that perhaps DOJ is pressured by this, this committee, although it is bipartisan? Right. I don't think it will jam up their work. They have to get there anyway, and it should provide them at the very least with some additional evidence or leads that they may need to follow. But they'd have to go there anyway, so I don't think that aspect will jam them up. But politicize it, Merrick Garland and Jack Smith are in this position of damned if you do, damned if you don't. It's already heavily politicized. I think the problem here for Merrick Garland is that he's tried to insulate the department by appointing a special counsel. That act in and of itself was viewed to be a political act. Mm -hmm. And the amount of detail that's going to come out in this report is going to make it very, very difficult for him or Jack Smith to actually decline to prosecute because the public has been educated. There's going to be a lot of detail. It's going to be a question for them of picking and choosing what is something they really think they can get convictions on. Mm -hmm. The ones they don't choose or the ones they do choose will be a very heavily politicized language of the statute. It simply makes it a crime to incite insurrection. And frankly, I think the evidence shows that's exactly what Donald Trump did. Hey. He was on the ellipse. He was telling people to you know, fight like problem? hell. You're not going to have a country anymore. March down Pennsylvania Avenue. What's so up? all of those things, I think, do contribute to a finding that he absolutely incited insurrection. But as you point out, the First Amendment puts a very high bar uh, between prosecution and free speech. Uh, and that's because we want to encourage people to speak their minds when it comes to politics, especially, which gets a very high level of protection. Uh, people talk about fighting for your rights all the time on right. the stump. And I think there's one phrase that Donald Trump tossed in there, whether it was a, an edit by Stephen Miller or someone else or his own accord, but he used the word peacefully. And I think he would point to that to show I had no intention uh, of actually inciting anything here. That. The court te the test that the, the court Cutting has said is, came in a case called Brandenburg versus Ohio, which said that the government may not prosecute someone for political speech unless they intend to incite imminent lawless action and that the speech has the likely result of causing that imminent lawless action. So that would be the test. I think this mm -hmm. is a close call. And prosecutors, especially when you're facing someone like 
uh, a former president, I think are going to shy away from untested legal theories. However, Joyce, and this is something that, that Liz Cheney focused on a lot, she, she really likes this obstruction of an official proceeding because it doesn't actually re, uh, rely on whether or not Donald Trump incited violence uh, or didn't. It was that there was a proceeding that was supposed to occur, a lawful proceeding that was supposed to take place that would, uh, you know, elect uh, Joe Biden as president, and Donald Trump tried to obstruct that proceeding. One wouldn't have the peaceful or not peaceful becomes irrelevant if that's actually the charge that the Department of Justice wishes to pursue. In many ways, it's a step down charge. Barb is absolutely right about the difficulties involved in charging insurrection. There's a lot of circumstantial evidence here. Trump does nothing during a prolonged period of time where rioters are overrunning Seven the hours of silence but, from the White you House. Know, that is a very difficult sort of a setting, and prosecutors have to prove guilt beyond a reasonable doubt. It's not a situation where the tie goes to the runner. So this sort of charge that you're talking about, which is the midpoint here, interference with an official proceeding, seems like the sort of charge that prosecutors might be far more likely to believe they could convict of beyond a reasonable doubt because so much of Trump's conduct was public. So much of it is on videotape. There are so many conversations leading up to January 6th, including the entirety of his perpetuation of the big lie. There's an entire trajectory of evidence here that could be used. So you can see there are a few things happening that Jack Smith is making very clear, very pragmatic plans. Yes, there's justice, and he's balancing the principle of justice with the pragmatics. So you've got to find the cases that have merit, of course, that the person actually did commit a crime in your view, and also cases you can win, uh, both in the sense that you have the evidence, but also that the, the argument is a clear one. Some of the cases against Trump may ultimately be brought, but they're far more philosophical and far more difficult to prove. Like, like we know he's guilty. Like, we know he incited. But to prove it, it's more difficult than the document stuff, or even more difficult than the obstruction of a congressional, you know, an official proceeding. And so there's the strategy there. But it's also him responding to threats and to aggression from the GOP. And while they feel that that's going to maybe deter him, that that's maybe going to slow him down, and steer him into silence. That's not what's happening here. And so when you've seen all of these threats Trump has made against him and other people, you know, threats that have led to attempts at people's lives at various levels, like he's not responding with cowardice. He's responding with, responding with courage. Here's what Trump just said. And you can see how he's not just targeting the big dogs like he has maybe been in recent messages, but, but the entirety of the system including just regular working class people who happen to work at the DOJ and FBI. It says, he said, he wrote this, the FBI's wild and crazy relationship with Twitter is absolutely a coordinated effort to change election results. And it worked, but they got caught. This is why people protested in Washington. Our 2020 presidential election was crooked, rigged, and stolen. Of course, it was not. And the unselect committee of political hacks and thugs didn't spend any time investigating this outrage. And he followed it up when he said, uh, call to action to his supporters. Our country is sick inside, very much like a person dying of cancer. The crooked FBI, the so-called Department of Justice and Intelligence, and all parts of the Democratic Party and system is the cancer. These weaponized thugs and tyrants must be dealt with or, all, or, or our once great and beautiful country will die. And when he's saying weaponized thugs and all of that, again, he's not just talking about the big dogs. 
Yes, he's including Smith and Garland, and he's like the Democratic members of Congress and the rhinos, a.k.a. any Republican that isn't 150% with Trump every single issue, every single time. But, like, it, it includes just regular people. He's saying the weaponized thugs. He's calling every person at the DOJ, every person at the FBI, every person on Jack Smith's team, every secretary taking phone calls at every office. He is not differentiating. And when he says they must be dealt with like a cancer in a body, well, what do you do to a cancer in a body? You try to kill it before it kills the body. That's what Donald Trump is saying here. So Jack Smith, again, he, he's been threatened himself, but he's actually responding and responding powerfully. And some of this is driven by just the facts. And some of this is driven, again, by as in the book, that he almost has to in some ways because the people are demanding justice and the Republicans are pushing the timeline. But what it shows is that, again, pressure on Smith works the opposite that Trump has in his historical experience. Normally, when he bullies people, it worked. It is not working this time. Uh -huh. The chef's chicken sandwiches from Panera. The Sucker. familiar matron. That was close to what I bought us. 21 minutes of stand-up versus therapy. Netflix is a joke. I don't know what I'm gonna do. I think I'm gonna go back to therapy. Do that fucking bullshit again. Fast forward through all these stories I've, I've told a million times. I gotta do it though. I got, and and uh, I'm gonna do it for my kid and do it for my wife. And selfishly, do it for me. Because... No, I'm going to tell you why. You're not going to like the results, miss. <laughs> this is why I'm going to do it, because if I actually don't have a temper, like, I just think to myself, like, what could my wife complain to me? What could my wife bitch at me about, right? I fucking crush everything. I do. I take out the trash. Okay, the gate was squeaky the other day. I fucking, I took and I did make sure that was done. I pick up after myself. I like to think I'm a good dad. I work my ass off and make a great fucking living. Crush all of that. All she has on me is who I am as a person. That's it. And if I could just not be who I was when she met me, I think I'd have a shot, you know? I got back into therapy. Anybody in therapy? Mostly women, that's the problem. It's very hard to stay in therapy. My old therapist told me that when I get close to people, I have a tendency to self-sabotage, and I thought that was bullshit, so I ghosted her. And then I finally went back because I finally dated enough people who all gave me the exact same feedback about my shitty personality. You know that romantic quota you hit where you're like, uh-oh, <laughs> might be me. Unanimous. That's a bummer. So after a really bad breakup a few years ago, I finally took a long, hard look at myself and said, Okay, Taylor, five out of five dudes all think that in fights, you behave like a raccoon trapped in a trash bag. So maybe it's time to get some clonopin or a rabies shot. I'm engaged. I got engaged on my birthday. Yeah. Get married or whatever. Yep. Doing it. Fucking doing it. 
it's cool we're in therapy, we're in coach therapy because we really want to like do it for real. So we're like, let's get in coach therapy and like work on our shit. I love that. I love couples therapy more than I ever thought I would because like I have a place to bring arguments. So now I never thought about it that way, but that's all it is. It's just I pay a bitch to bring the argument to her. So I don't even argue no more. She starts saying stuff. I'm like, nope, saving this for Lisa. I just go live my life. I just go have my day. Like, I don't even care, because on Tuesday, I'm bringing all this shit up. I'm trying to compromise, so I become a, a hold the door nigga. I'm a hold the door nigga now. That's my new life. I hold the door, I wait, wait, and I hold the door open because it was a whole fight. I got a whole big fight because I didn't hold the door. She told me I was an inconsiderate piece of shit. I don't hold the door. What kind of person doesn't hold the door? It was very confusing for me because she has arms and I was like, you're grown. I thought you could do that on your own. This is so dumb. People are scared to go to therapy because they think it's someone sitting in a chair going, you suck. But it's not. It's you in a chair going, I suck. And then your therapist is like, that's great. Let's start there. <laughs> therapy just helps to get to the bottom of why you're trash, okay? You go into therapy and you're like, here's all the stuff that sucks about me. And she goes, okay. And she puts it all up on the wall like you're solving a crime together. Fun! And then she gets some of that red string that detectives use at home when they've been thrown off the case for going rogue. <laughs> and she starts connecting each crappy thing about you to each one of your corresponding childhood traumas. And you're like, oh my God, that's why I'm like this. And she's like, that's why you're like this. And you're like, am I fixed now? And she's like, God, no. No, no, no. You're like, well, what do I do now? And she's like, well, you keep coming back in here every week with your credit card. And you're like, what? Well, will I ever be fixed? She's like, I don't know, bring your credit card. No therapy, obviously, and uh, I was talking to my therapist, he goes, you tend to pursue damaged people and then try to help them. And I was like, you too. <laughs> we both do that. <laughs> you ever date someone who's in therapy and you're in therapy too? That's exhausting. Every fight takes uh, 47 hours. Every argument is like, I hear you. And I appreciate where you're coming from. However, it's the whole day. I heard a guy in Times Square in New York the other day said to his girlfriend, shut up, bitch. And I was like, that is unacceptable, but he is crushing me in time management. So that's, that's annoying. I ran to my biological father on the street the other day, and uh, he lives right by me, and uh, I'll tell my friend, he goes, is your biological father a good person? And I said, if he were, I probably would not refer to him as my biological father. <laughs> I think most people go with dad. I have a really good dad, though, but then I have this other guy. He lives nine blocks from me, so I, I go to his apartment once, and uh, he's just petting a cat. And I was like, what's up with the cat? He goes, I rescued her from the side of the road and then I, I nursed her back to health. And I was like, so you did have it in you. That's, uh... So I'm in therapy. <laughs> All right, thank you, I guess. Um... No, I'm in therapy. I, I, uh, I, I've really been in talking to my therapist a lot about my mom. My mom passed away, and I know you're like, oh, dead mom, dead dad, what next, little orphan tranny? 
we are talking about my mom a lot. Like, like my mom was great. My, my, my therapist said I should, start, I should talk to my mom every day, you know, which seems a little crazy. So I just, I just talked to the mannequin in the attic. I dressed up in her clothes. <laughs> but she was great. My mom was great. She was like this Martha Stewart type, you know, a convicted felon who could cook. so nice to their kids now it's crazy i mean parents apologize to their children did you know apologies went that direction did you know you could drive backwards on the freeway it's crazy town out there the closest my parents ever got to apologizing was this you're okay <laughs> you're all right you're okay was code for don't call anybody Let's just chalk this up to a whoopsie-daisy. I think mistakes were made on both sides. Walk it off, I love you. <laughs> My friends talk to their children like they're human beings, like they're equals. They get down here at eye level, they make eye contact. I didn't know the color of my father's eyes till I was 22 years old. And that's just because his license fell out of his wallet once. And they're just down here like, hey, buddy, how's the Lunchable treating you? Good? Awesome. Well, if you have any feedback for me, notes, input of any kind, I would love to hear it. You know why? Because it's your childhood. I'm just honored to be a part of it. <laughs> Anybody recognize any part of that speech? My parents were amazing parents. I love them very much. They did a fantastic job. But they were old school, tough love, no coddling parents, all right? When I was 15, I told my dad, I'm very depressed. I need to see a therapist. I've been thinking about killing myself. And he took a knife out of the knife drawer, shook it over his head, and went, be my guest. <laughs> and I was like, wow, um, I don't want you to fix it. I just want you to listen. The best part of that story is I brought it up to him recently and he just goes, oh yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, me too. Every week in therapy. He's like, hey, I called your bluff though, didn't I? Aha! Look who's not dead, drama queen. I'm like, okay. Touche, big guy, only on the inside. <laughs> parents anymore. Nobody's scared of their parents. I was terrified of my parents. I never talked back to my mom except for once. She was spanking me in the church parking lot because you got to get rid of those demons before you enter the house of the Lord. So she's cleansing her soul, a little pre-communion. And halfway through I go, that didn't hurt. And she went black in the eyes. And in a voice I'd never heard goes, oh, well, then we're gonna have to make it hurt. <laughs> and for the rest of my childhood, Wooden Spoon. She went Martha Stewart on my ass. I still cannot watch the Food Network. Great British Bake Off doesn't calm me down. But I never talk back again. You try to spank a kid now, they'll laugh in your face. They'll be bent over on the iPhone you pay for, looking up reasons why you're a dickhead. Just think, really? You're gonna go through with this even though Psychology Today says that you're undermining my well-being long-term? <laughs> oh, all right, Eileen, you stupid bitch. You do what you gotta do. 
working on my trust issues. I was so much worse when I first started seeing my therapist. I told her, like, first session, I was like, the guy I'm dating keeps answering my phone calls. Hey, beautiful? And she's like, so what's the problem? I was like, I mean, I don't know yet. But when I find out who beautiful is, she's like, do you think it might be you? I was like, I'm sorry. I thought we were here to work. I think I'm cute or whatever now, but I was an ugly kid with honest parents. And that shit stays in your bones, all right? If you are an ugly kid with honest parents, I don't care how attractive you grow up to be. At any point, if someone's like, you look really nice today, you're like, man, whatever, I know the goddamn truth. <laughs> when I was 10, I said, dad, am I pretty? And his response was, look. I'm not the best looking guy, right? No, but I wake up every morning and I try. I, I take a shower, I put on a nice suit, and I do okay. And then he went to work. And I became a comedian, I guess. That was his response to his 10-year-old daughter. Just like, you and me, potato face, these are the cards we were dealt. Get clean and match, that's all you can do. Don't sleep on wet hair, can't do that. Maybe wear a hat sometimes, cover up some of that head. I'm sorry, there's so much of it. Would it surprise any of you to know that I'm looking for a therapist? So let me know if you have any suggestions. It's hard finding a therapist in these streets. These therapists are booked, busy, blessed, y'all. The, the last two years has been their time to shine. And the dance card is full. And I'm trying to find somebody. You know, I can't have any old body. I have parameters. My ideal therapist is a woman between the ages of 40 and 60 who has seen things. Okay? I can't have you fresh out of school with your licensed clinical social worker degree. No. No, I need you hardened, okay? <laughs> Nothing I say should ever move you, okay? I can't be talking to you and then you furrowing that brow. No! You gotta be inscrutable. So I've been on the hunt. I've been trying to find somebody. And so I called one woman I was referred to, and like two minutes into the conversation, she was like, well, before we talk any further, I do want to let you know that I charge $350 an hour, and I do not take insurance. <laughs> I said, ma'am, unless you have the ability to travel back in time and make my daddy stay, I ain't paying $350. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. $350? You better have a flux capacitor in the back, or we're going in 1987. Okay? We gotta deal with this shit at the root, okay? I couldn't believe it. So after she made me mad, I called a practice with multiple therapists under one roof. And so I'm talking to the woman over the phone doing intake, and she says, well, we don't have any female therapists available, but we do have two male therapists who are accepting new patients. And I was like, what? What? I'm sorry, what? What? I'm sorry, uh, I will not pay money to talk to a man, okay? No, 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 not in this economy. Why would, why would I incentivize a man in that manner? They don't need a copay. If I want a man to tell me what to do, I'll just go on Twitter, okay? If I want a man to tell me what to do, I will stand in a Home Depot, okay? If I want a man to tell me what to do, I will attempt to parallel park, okay? I ain't spending a dime on that. I thought I was on an 
antidepressant. It turns out I'm not. It turns out I'm actually on a mood stabilizer that they use as an antidepressant. Fun fact about prescription drugs. Everything they prescribe, they actually use for like four different things. So you don't really know what your deal is until you find a combo that works and then Google all your pills by yourself. So after years of trial and error, I finally found a combination of things that worked for me. And six months ago, I decided to Google it, because what the hell? And it turns out that everything I'm taking is primarily used for bipolar disorder. So I went back to my psychiatrist, and I was like, hey, do we think? And she was like, oh, yeah. is this how you fucking tell people? She's like, no, of course not. We didn't know. I'm glad we figured it out. And I was like, we? I said, you really didn't know that I was bipolar. And she goes, no, of course not. We thought we were treating anxiety and depression. And I said, okay. Because this kind of feels like a putting your dog's medication in cheese situation. talk about it on stage uh, and then I needed new material and I was like fire sale everything goes <laughs> now truthfully I was surprised that I felt so bad about it because I think I'm pretty open-minded and I I don't think anybody should feel bad if they get diagnosed with a mental illness because it's just information about you that helps you know how to take better care of yourself yeah being bipolar, there's nothing wrong with it. Being bipolar is like not knowing how to swim. It might be embarrassing to tell people, and it might be hard to take you certain places. <laughs> but they have arm floaties. <laughs> and if you just take your arm floaties, you can go wherever the hell you want. And I know some of you are like, but Taylor, what if people judge me for taking arm floaties? Well, those people don't care if you live or die. So maybe who cares? Maybe fuck those people a little. I don't know. That being said, you have to take your arm floaties. Because it's not cool to know you can't swim, go to the public pool anyway, and jump into the deep end, making it everyone else's problem. And you're thrashing around going, oh, I'm good, I'm good. They're like, you're literally drowning. And then someone nice and handsome jumps in to help you. And you're like, see, I'm fine. I can totally swim. And they're like, no, you're holding him underwater. You turned Kevin into an arm floaty. And that's not a fair relationship for Kevin. Then someone floats by you on their back. And you're like, what was that? And they're like, oh, that's someone whose parents supported them in the pool. until they could be trusted not to die. Here are your arm floaties. I am fully medicated now. Anybody else? Antidepressants? Medication? Yeah. Nice, what are we on? Shout it out. Zoloft, Lexapro, ooh. Zo Man, look at us, gang's all here. Oh my God, I'm also on something. I would never say what, that's very personal, but. I'm kidding, I'm on a few things. Uh, I am on clonopin as needed for panic attacks.
I'm so glad I have Klonopinex. Before I had medication for it, I would have panic attacks right when I had to be somewhere, which is the worst time to get them, because then you just have to pinch the panic attack off like a shit you don't have time to take. You know what I mean? When you're like, okay, I got 60% of that out of my system. I'm not done, but I gotta go to work. I will get to the other 40 later, or I'll finish in the big stall at lunch if no one's in there. I got put on something else for sleep because I have uh, night terrors. There's no fun, casual way to say that. <laughs> Wake up screaming. And these sleeping time pills I got are great. They don't stop the nightmares, but they do hold you down while they're happening. <laughs> Which sounds bad, but before I'd wake up in the middle so afraid, and now I stay asleep until the nightmare's natural conclusion, which provides you with some closure. You're like, oh, he stabs me at the end. Okay, plot twist, M. Nightmare Shyamalan. My wife's side's like really happy and they encourage things. Right? They like do retreats as a family. They they work on their inner self. We work on our inner self. They do therapy. My, my family don't do any of this. No therapy, no bettering. It's like, this is it. What are you gonna do? Change? This is you. No one's popping pills on my side. Nobody's on antidepressants. My father's like, I've been depressed for 30 years. Bon <laughs> yeah, come on. I was very nervous to tell friends of mine I was bipolar because I thought they would think of me differently. And then I told all my friends. What's up? Stand oh, up. And it was actually pretty insulting. Oh. What's up, that Bon Stand up on therapy. Bill Burr, Sebastian. I've had friends tell me they were Mems, Galka, and more like, stand up you? for therapy. You're kidding. And then I told my friends, and they were like, that checks out. That's. That connects Damn, a lot of dots for us. I told Dustin, one of my best friends in the whole world, and he goes, Yeah, your mental illness was kind of like your middle name. I didn't know what it was, but I knew that you had one. <laughs> Ha 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 Wow, okay. Countdown to Apocalypse. Hope you blue star warning. Warns of mass extinction. Apocalypse, the end of days. Oh no. The world is out of balance. Hey, I just did this. It's still wet. I hope you believe that this world will end with fire. Some kind of uh, great massive destruction. These ancient doomsday prophecies foretell a blue star's arrival, leading to a great shaking of the earth and a final cataclysmic purification of our world. 
there's going to be water where there's land and land where there's water. Will the source of destruction be the earth itself? The magnet. And all he did was, all he did was talk about World War III and how he couldn't wait for the nuclear holocaust. That's all he wanted. That's all, that's all he talked about. That's, all, that's the vision that he... <laughs> He probably slipped into an alternate universe where that happened. Mm -hmm. Because if you keep on thinking about things, man, you'll slip into that alternate that mode. I think there are. There are probably infinite number of alternate universes. And uh, there's universes where there's a me and you, and we're exactly alike except for a tiny little difference. Parallel universe. Yeah, parallel universe. We can slip in, and they can slip in here, or we can slip into them. I told you I had that feeling one time when I got stoned that when you die, you don't, you don't, you don't die. You don't know you die. You just slip into an alternate universe where everything is just slightly different. You continue. Um, and continue, yeah. And then, and then yeah. in the other, in, in the other universe that you came from. Then there is the funeral, and people are mourning over you, and all that. Maybe that's yeah, what that happens when. Alternative. Uh, alternative to ice cream. 
on it, just uh, it's, it's okay to have those once in a while, but when, oh, okay to have what once in a while? It's it. Oh, it's to eat them all hey. the time. It's just, Katie. it's just not healthy. You know? Did you see that? I can you have did. one every blue moon, you know. And I don't eat those, but maybe one, maybe one every six months, maybe. <laughs> you know, that's it. Yeah. Krista went a bit nuts on the it's it's. Ah, uh, natural. But um, I could. Uh... See, it's better to go nuts on pistachios. Because pistachios, do you know that they even have chlorophyll? They're mm. superfood. Mm. So if you have too many of them, all they'll do is clean you out and clean your bowels out. Mm. You know, make you make you go more and more more. More comes out with pistachio. <laughs> when you put pistachios in, more, more comes out. Yeah, well, um, uh, so you can um, can start getting me some some uh, Greek yogurt instead. No, it's probably a lot cheaper, right? What? Greek yogurt's probably a lot cheaper than. Uh, it's it. Oh. For a couple the bucks. Where are they? A couple bucks. The you hell, probably man. get like five. Probably get five of them for one thing. It's it's. It's um, Pistachio. Did you know that pistachio trees don't start producing till uh, they're 15 to 20 years old? Yeah, what a bummer, huh? Yeah, man. Wait 15, 20 years? Are you kidding me? That's a stretch. That's why they're so expensive, they say. Because they're so, you know, it takes so long for them to, you know, you gotta spend money on them for 15 or 20 years before they start producing. Too bad uh, your mom didn't uh, grow grow some when she first came here. Right, yeah. We have some mature trees now. 
I mean, if this climate is, is good for it, I don't know if they grow here. I think they do. There was a plum tree out there that was pretty tall. Plum? Yeah, there was one. But I think my sister killed it off. Oh. And there was... Was it, did it, was it sick? I think it was, was it a peach salmon? Something died off. Also got a couple cherries. They they died off too. It's uh, you know, it's a pretty hostile environment, but it's all the right conditions are met for me. I think they probably have fields of pistachios. Probably going down St. David, Tombstone. See if you can score me a tree or a seedling. Oh yeah, where are the jujubes, man? Where's my jujubes? Oh, the jujubes. Jujube. It's also they, called Chinese. They must be quite mature. They haven't gone to the house in over a year. Yeah, they're probably all grown back. Her son is uh, recovering from that cancer. Oh my god. Mm. Anyway. He's going to get it again. He's going to get it again. He hasn't changed his. Diet. Yeah, he's still eating exactly the same he was. People don't understand. There's no magic pill. Garbage food. You have to change your eating habits. You know, yeah, there's people that are more predisposed than others. There's people that can go, you know, 80 years eating junk food and they won't get cancer. Or, or more. Some people are more predisposed to it than others. I think it has to do with generations, generational. Um, I think that if your parents and grandparents and great-grandparents didn't eat all the junk food, and then you're, you're okay. But in his case, his mother eats junk food, her mother ate junk food, and her mother died of cancer. So the kid's got his uh, grandmother and his mother both eating junk food and both getting cancer. I think she had cancer of the uterus, and she had to have it pull out, pulled out. Uh, then you're more predisposed because of it, because your, your parents and grandparents ate junk food. But in my case, see, junk food, junk food didn't exist in my grandparents' age, actually. Yeah. In the 1920s and 1930s, there was no junk food. I mean, I guess it was just starting with potato chips and things like that, but really the quality of the food was so much better back then. <coughs> yep. Now everything is... Uh, and modified, sprayed with insecticides, pesticides, hormones, antibiotics, steroids, just a lot of junk. And the plastics. Apparently there's plastics everywhere, microplastics. Apparently yeah. they're everywhere. Can't get away from them. They're even in the food we eat because they uh, irrigate with water that has microplastics. 
Canadians in the stream. That is what we are. Did you hear John, uh, Giuliani? Giuliani got disbarred. Ha ha ha. Permanently. Yeah. He got it temporarily disbarred, and now it's been. Uh, Laundry detergent comes in yeah. massive inconvenient. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Ben Micellis from yeah. the. Yeah. Where does he need it for anyway? He's, how old is he? Seventy-five or something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Let's see. Um, how about nine-inch nails? Or ministry. I was in the screen. Wasn't that a book by Hemingway? I don't think so. Ministry. Um. Do 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 do. Or maybe nine inch nails. Nine inch nails. Pretty Little Hate Machine, full albums. You know, that was his name for, uh, who was that uh, singer he was dating? Trent Lesnar.
Congress introduced legislation to bar Trump from office under the 14th Amendment. Ha 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 ha.
I read, I saw that, like, his, well, I believe his ex-wife got, like, 200000 a month. Is that him? Thousand a month isn't isn't enough. What the fuck? said that. Kian. Kian dice.
pisses me off about all that is that probably the people who were the worst hit impacted affected by it are dead that was a long time ago 1953 to 1987 probably everybody's dead so they're just going through the motions A lot of stupid people in, in this world, man. So a lot. I think a lot of people, a lot of stupid people.
show him separately, yeah. Franklin Franklin said. Absolute cocktails. Meet Bloody Mary. Spicy. Keep. That's not gonna end. It's gonna continue. They'll end up. They can. I'm sure they can. Those weird towers they have. Where? Myself, kind of 
like in a certain place like there's a like walking to the the metro down uh, in in Dunshire like there's a like the campus of Bakersfield or or scooter ride. Now I see a picture. <laughs> see a picture of the of the uh, seaside or part of Taiwan or something. And uh, yeah, nice memories. When we go there, we're gonna rent some or probably buy a couple scooters and. Uh, Right around, right around Taiwan, it's fun. For white people, there's positive discrimination. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like they, they discriminate in your favor. <laughs> oh, in favor. Oh, okay. So it's like once, once you make an appearance and they behold you, you're already on top of the game. Yeah, you you get the priority. Yeah, like yeah, exactly. Cause huh. you're uh, you're white. Huh. Or European. A woman too. It's black? a perf It's a great place to go. Uh, white white women. Yeah, that that's exactly the teacher they want for the kids. Yeah, they black people find it hard. Uh, yeah, they they get they get uh, discriminated against. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, Chinese people are racist. Chinese people are racist towards black people. <laughs> it's not funny to stuff. Dark the color of your skin is. Yeah. Cast system, yeah. Uh, you know, what is it? You know, black people have it pretty hard in this world, man. It's, I don't I, I don't really understand it. Why? the world. I think it's anger. I think it's jealousy actually. I think there's some jealousy going on there. Sexual jealousy. And then and the, the, the white women do the kind of like, it's really nice. They want to be the, the this kind of sociology question. Choose them. 
Friends who's blonde, uh, uh, pretty, pretty bad. She's, I guess she's a couple of years older than me. Um, but um, and in Taiwan, where they don't see blonde people very much, they, I was going Just to meet her at the train station, and when I arrived. There were some Taiwanese young people that were asking for her. She had blonde hair. Yeah, she's that. Never seen a blonde fashion before. I guess I'm not the only boy for you. That's what I get. That's what I get. Your skin is lighter, it means you're better. That's what I get. The lighter it is, the better you are. That's what I get. But never seems kind of normal to me. If I had never seen a black person before, I would be, you know, pretty tripped out. I told you I'd never say goodbye. Now I'm slipping on the tears you've made me cry. But that's what I get. That's what I get.
But I think they found, they realized that, um, you know, it was just asking for trouble to try to convert them to another religion or whatever, so just let them, you know, they, because the Roman Empire was so extended that it had to incorporate new cultures, new religions, new languages. Yeah. So. their genes with ours and we can uh, this can actually be observed in our DNA that our DNA was quite I think it was like 250,000 years ago or maybe 450,000 years ago hybrids and stuff, and then they just kind of alluded to and talked about, you know, and well, in the Bible, even it says about the Nephilim and the, um, Yeah, they were giants in the 
so he would he would play a Hancock routine that you know he liked he liked going on. Oh, 
would be on my mind eventually. But when I whispered in her ear, I lost another friend.
Why do dermatologists worldwide recommend La Roche-Posay? Effective skincare, like La Roche-Posay Double Repair Face Moisturizer, delivers double action to help repair skin's barrier and provide 48-hour hydration for healthy-looking skin. not true wanted a woman never bargain for you lots of people talking few of them know soul of a woman was created
why you apologize. You live with moderate to severe Crohn's disease or ulcerative colitis. Your day can be full of reminders. Of making money <laughs> start being successful maybe when you hire somebody else to help you
gonna go walking in the park every day, every day. Christmas trees try so hard. Lights and ornaments and little choo-choo drink. Going to the park every day. Remember we did this uh, really awesome version of this? You need cooling.
share that thing with the... I think that's the Evo. Probably, huh? That's the electronic. It's like a pick. It's bigger than a pick. It's not too big. It's like a, the size of your finger. <laughs>
if I said to you tomorrow, take my hand, girl, come with me. Pretty baby, Oh, no. 
2002. The Mothership full album 2007 remastered Led Zeppelin Greatest Hits. And thanks for tuning in. This is for the students at KAMP Student Radio at the University of Arizona and KPYT Plus by your Pete Radio.